What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know, sometimes they say you shouldn't do business with your friends because things get sticky. Trust me, we know over here at Sisters Who Kill. <laughs> but what do you do when you're trying to have a conversation about business and all the emotionals get all up in it? Our players this week are Daquan Merriweather, our victim, Patanique Robinson, Daquan's friend and witness, and Kanisha Jackson, our murderess. Now, Kanisha Jackson was born in August of 2000. Yes, that does mean that she's an adult because she was born in 2000. And there wasn't much that we could find on Homegirl. Like, we couldn't find much about her background. I'm not sure if she was born in Indiana. This is where the story takes place. I I can only assume. No Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram. I'm sure that she deleted all that stuff. But either way, she had a best friend, somebody that she was very tight with. His name was Daquan. Now, Daquan Q. Merriweather was born December 22nd of 2000 in Fort Wayne, Indiana to his mom, Tara N. Merriweather. Now, Daquan was Tara's firstborn kid and it was her only son. So this was her baby, even though he was the big brother. Now, much of his childhood isn't known, but what we do know about Daquan was that he was a basketball star when he grew up. He loved everything about basketball. When he was a freshman, he went to Northside High School, but eventually he transferred to Bishop Lures in 2016. And then he transferred back to Northside High School to finish out high school. If you look at like one of his basketball, his online basketball profiles, it describes him as a six foot guard who takes pride in his defensibility. Now, his mom said that he was just a happy-go-lucky type of dude. Like his personality was really strong. People loved to be around him. He liked to rap and he had his stage name. His stage name was Smooth with no E. Now, so he also was expecting a son, and he was getting ready to name this son Smooth Jr. No, I'm just kidding. Daquan Jr. Now, according to Kanisha, her and Daquan were close friends. They grew up together. They was together all the time, pretty much every day. And throughout some point in their friendship, Kanisha was like, hey, man, let me hold some money. And he did, because that's his dog, right? I got you. So he gave her about $80, and Kanisha was like, all right, I got you. You know, I'm good for it. And niggas who promise you that they good for it, never good for it. So he getting his money back here and there, a couple here, a couple there. But it's taking an awful long time to pay $80 back. You ain't even hit a whole hundred. Like, when you get your next check, break me off and we square. But she was playing around with it. So on January 14th of 2020, Daquan decides he need that money. So he goes over to Kanisha house to get it back. He had his homegirl, Patanique Robinson, pick him up and take him to Kanisha's house. And then the two of them pull up. Only Daquan gets out the car. He knocks on Kanisha's door and waits for her to answer. But Kanisha doesn't come outside. Instead, she opens the door and she's standing there with the screen door between them. 
And the two of them are talking for a while. Probably, hey, I can't even get some money. And she probably said, hey, nigga, I don't got it. And he was like, well, I need it. See, it's the thing. You don't ever let nobody hold some money that you need back. Because there is no guarantee that you getting it back, even if you run up on a nigga. They sitting there arguing, run that shit back. Nigga, fuck you pulling up on me in the middle of the night, whatever fucking time it is. I'm not doing this shit with you. About 30 seconds pass into their argument. And Daquan says, oh, and Daquan opens the screen door. And after he opens the screen door, Kanisha grabs Daquan's hoodie and pulls him inside the house. Now, Patanese sitting in the car, and she looking, and she like, damn. Daquan kind of disappeared a little bit. He in Kanisha's house. Then a few seconds pass, and pow, she hears a gunshot. And now Daquan is stumbling outside of Kanisha's house, hoodie gone. He clutching his chest, and Kanisha's just standing in the doorway as he's stumbling outside. Now Daquan almost made it to the car before he collapsed on the ground. Patsy gets out the car, picks him up, throws him in the car, and she drives off, leaving Kanisha standing there in the doorway, looking dumb. Now, most people, if your friend was shot, and stumble to your car, usually you would go straight to the hospital, you know what I'm saying? But no, Patanique was like, oh shoot, I got weed in the car. So instead of going straight to the hospital, Patanique goes to a house, drops off the weed, and then- Made a whole play. And then, and like this friend, this person that they went to, it was a house that was on Rosewood Drive, and the person that they went to go see was a friend of Daquan's. And then from that house, the f- other friend gets in the car, and they're like, oh, we need to head to the hospital. How you go pick up somebody to go to the hospital? Right. So they call 911. Dispatchers are able to convince them to pull over, and they're like, just pull over. The paramedics are very close to you. Just pull over right now. They pull over. The paramedics get there. Medical personnel get out. They're on Vance Avenue and Santa Lisa's Court. First responders get there, and my boy is already cold to the touch. He is already unresponsive, and they check for a pulse, and there is one. It's very, very weak, but there is a pulse. Emergency services take him to the hospital, but by the time he got to the hospital, he was pronounced dead on arrival. He died from a gunshot wound to the heart. Now, I'm sure you're wondering what Kanisha's doing. I bet you, you bet your bottom dollar she's over there busy. Before the police even made it over to her house, her family was all up and through there. They weren't there just for support. Some of her cousins came and they were looking on the porch, looking at the bullet hole. Other men came and according to the neighbors, it appeared like they took a gun case out of the house. And that was proven by the neighbor's security cameras. Because this is what, 2020? It's January 2020. Everybody got a ring camera. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So it very much seemed like before police got there, she had her family there trying to, you know, help her get things situated. The police arrived soon after, and we're not exactly sure who called the cops to the house. One source says police responded to an anonymous call from Rosary Road, but claimed that the shooting occurred on Abbott Street at an unknown address. But regardless of who called and what they told them, when they arrived, the very first thing that they noticed is that there's no sign of a struggle. 
There's no forced entry. Kanisha goes and gives a statement to the police. She tells them that an unknown man has followed her home and forced his way inside, attacked her, and pulled a gun on her. And before she knew it, she picked the gun up from him and shot him, and then he got up and fled. Now, afterwards, she says she does not know what happened to the gun, and maybe the intruder picked it up on the way out. Then she asked to go to the hospital for her injuries as she has a blackened eye and scratches on her face. Now, the police continue their investigation, and they find drops of Daquan's blood on the porch and by the front door. And they also find blood scattered around the house. Now, a crime scene technician takes note of the scene, and he says, this looks staged. One drop in particular that they found was on a coffee table, and the investigator says, this shit fell at a 90-degree angle from a completely still source and from a close range. Almost like somebody kind of placed it there they also find a red stain on the front porch front doorway and in the living room a bullet hole was also found in the front door which they believed to be open at the time of the shooting the police go and they interview another witness who was supposedly inside the house when daquan got shot this person says that she heard kanisha and daquan arguing downstairs about money she said she got halfway down the stairs when she saw kanisha and daquan both standing with guns at their side and that's when she went back upstairs to mind her business Soon after, she heard a gunshot. A short time later, she says Kanisha came upstairs and Daquan ran out the house. The police also take notice that Kanisha's eye is a little swollen and she does have a bruise on the side of her face. And they're really trying to make sense of the crime scene here. Like, what actually happened? Now, Kanisha was arrested within 24 hours of the shooting. When she was arrested, she was only charged at the time with aggravated battery. But the police were like, listen... I'm just letting you know right now, more charges are likely to come. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I love when things in my life are going really well. Sometimes I feel like the stars align, I'm moving in the right direction, and I'm just happy. And then comes the intrusive thoughts. My brain just starts making up the worst situations possible. And next thing I know, I'm doubting myself. I'm not feeling as worthy. My brain is constantly getting in my way. Sometimes I know what I should do. I know what's good for me. I know what's healthy, but I stand in my own way. That's why I go to therapy to help me figure out what is holding me back so that I can work on myself instead of against myself. I have benefited from therapy greatly. Taz has also benefited from therapy greatly, and it's something that we promote often. Mental health is so important. That's why you should try BetterHelp Online Counseling. We love BetterHelp because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible. It's designed to suit your schedule. Once you're on BetterHelp.com, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I love it because I can go in there and say, hey, I want somebody that is this specific demographic, maybe within this specific age range, so that I can fully relate to that person and they can relate to what I'm going through and I can find the perfect therapist for me. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SWK to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash SWK. Do something good for yourself and learn to love your brain. In October of 2020... So Kanisha is sitting in jail. She's gathering up her lawyers and the state is getting ready to have their case. And she gets ready to 
Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial, bitch. Take that shit to trial. Imagine your first time being arrested is in January of 2020, and then you're stuck in jail Ugh. when COVID breaks out. Ah! Ugh. Uh, you've never been to jail before. Uh, uh. Dude, uh. Especially if you don't fully believe that you deserve to be in jail. Yeah. So here it is. It's October 2020. I mean, we in the thick of COVID. Final jury selections were made, and the trial was set to begin. But... This trial was discontinued and it was postponed because Kanisha's attorney, his name was Donald Swanson, introduced evidence that the prosecution did not have time to examine. Remember, that is a law that like everybody has access to the evidence that is being shown so that we could properly argue it in court. Because of this and the pandemic, it was a delay in getting her trial back off on its feet. So the next trial was set for August 2021. This trial goes off. They show the evidence about Daquan. She says that it was self-defense and the jury is hung. So she has another trial. Trial number three begins in August of 2022. I bet this girl felt like she was a smooth operator because I would have been like, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, tell me you want me to be free without telling me you want me to be free. Now, here we are. It's August of 2022. For this trial, the jury, of course, is given very clear instructions. Look, do not do your own research on this case. Do not gather any information on this case. Do not receive any assistance from anyone outside of this courtroom. This is a very closed case. Everything that we talk about is proprietary information. Even after getting those very clear instructions, one of the jurors had like a gut feeling that the defense was going to do a self-defense case. So they were like, let me just Google what the law says about self-defense. Google's Indiana state law about self-defense prints out what she has learned and then shares it with another juror over lunch. Now, it was two jurors that actually looked at the self-defense laws and, I guess, read them, talked about them. However, the entire jury pool knew what was happening and knew that they were going against the NDA, basically. Now, when the trial court discovered this, they said, oh, yeah, we did do it. And they turned over their documents and the state moved to strike the two jurors. Kanisha's team was like, "Mm mm-mm, absolutely not we need to call this a mistrial because they violated the trial court's instructions. They argued admonishment to the remaining jurors and they were like, the the other jurors are not going to be able to just disregard what happened. We need to scrap this entire jury pool and we need to start all the way over. There was a lot of back and forth about what would happen and if they were going to actually cause a mistrial, but they decided that they were just going to strike the jurors and they were going to proceed with the trial as planned. Take that shit to trial. Now, all of this, I want to remind you, All of this was during pre-trial. All of this happened before opening statements even started. The trial's beginning, and she is up against Allen County Deputy Prosecutor Tasha Lee and Camille Gattacala. They argue that this was not a matter of self-defense. The neighbor's security camera shows Kanisha grabbing Daquan by his sweatshirt and basically dragging him in the house. They also say that Kanisha's family members coming over to the house after the shooting and altering the crime scene doesn't scream self-defense either. It's a giving cover-up. They argue that Kanisha's injuries 
or either self-inflicted or done by one of the many family members who came to our house after the shooting. Who says Daquan even laid a hand on you? It was men there. You already spread it around blood spots. How we know somebody ain't just knock you in your face to make it look away? An expert then testifies that there was no evidence pointing to Daquan having a gun when he went into the house. And there was no blood on Kanisha after Daquan ran out the house after being shot. There were key pieces of evidence missing from the home, such as Daquan's hoodie, the gun, the shell casings, and the bullet that actually struck Daquan. The bullet was shot through his heart, through the door, and eventually landed on the ground, but was nowhere to be found. That, nor the shell casing. Now, during the trial, Kanisha objected to several of these court's evidentiary rulings, mainly Detective Alan Garrett's testimony. Detective Alan Garrett testified for the state and said that based on his extensive experience, which is four decades as an officer, three of those decades working for the investigation division of the Fort Wayne Police Department. Now, he gets up there, and they asked him to describe the crime scene as he found it, and he said parts of the crime scene seemed staged. He specifically said that some blood droplets were placed in very questionable behavior, and he said that the droplets were very uniform in shape and consistency, which is unlike typical blood spatter when a person is shot. The state also shows video evidence of Kanisha coming out of the house after the shooting, picking something up off the ground, and then later a family member of hers showing up with a blue gun case and leaving, all on camera. Now to add to the state's theory that her family came over and staged not only the crime scene, but her eye and cleaned up and all of that was... Because on the video, she's seen picking, where she's seen picking whatever up off the porch, she's wearing a white t-shirt that has no stains and was in, quote, pristine condition, according to the state. How you get caught up in a tussle, your shirt pressed, wrinkle-free, your white shirt, you hit this man while y'all struggled over this gun and nothing got on you, you just, you cool like that? Make it make sense. They also had Dr. William Smock testify. He was the emergency room technician. Dr. Smock spoke to the severity of the wound that was left in Daquan's heart from the bullet. They even went as far as to show a picture of his heart with the bullet hole in it and admitted it into evidence, and the jury was able to look at it. This doctor also testified that Petsonik drove around for an hour and a half after Daquan was shot and went to her friend's house and called 911. And it came out in court that she even drove past Parkview Randilla Hospital. And once the EMTs met them, they tried to pump his chest and resuscitate him, but he was already dead. For the defense, Kanisha's team was still composed of Donald Swanson and Faith Welch. And the defense said that Kanisha only acted in self-defense and the state was using doctored video evidence to try to get a conviction. Now, they claimed that Daquan forced the door open, went in and started battering her. And because of Indiana state defense laws, this was now a matter of being safe in one's own home. He also said that the firearm enhancement wasn't necessary because... Basically, she was standing her ground. Kanisha also gave a statement. Have you seen her change.org petition? Mm-hmm. Yes. A mess. They're trying to say that it was self-defense. 
And also, like, look at her face. She was arrested less than 24 hours from the incident happening. Look at her face. She got a big old black eye. So she was defending something, right? That's what the defense is saying. Kanisha also gave a statement that was read in court that Daekwon gave her a black eye and wounded her eye so badly. That's how her blood ended up all over the crime scene. Her lawyers did cross-examine both state witnesses, but Swanson only questioned them of their validity in court. He also claimed that admitting the photo of Daekwon's heart into evidence was impermissibly graphic. And Swanson argued that no evidence of cleaning up the scene was found when the police got there. Therefore, y'all trying to say that it looks like it was staged, but everybody is just saying it seemed like it was staged. No one has any evidence that it was staged. She wasn't trying to cover up anything. And the state was like, well, of course they didn't find anything. Congratulations, she did a good job. Her goal was to make it seem like nothing happened and she achieved that goal. But right here, we're in the court of law. And so we're here to do facts, not what your goal was. So here it is. It's August 4th, 2022. The jury goes out. No one knows what's going to happen. Is she going to get another hung jury? Who knows? They come back and they find her guilty of murder with a firearm enhancement. When her verdict was read, Kanisha remained very silent. She shed tears, but she didn't say anything. The firearm enhancement added an extra 20 years to her sentence. Woo! She was now facing a total of 85 years. When her verdict was read, Donald Swanson said they would file an appeal immediately. And since it's a murders case, it would go straight to the Indiana Supreme Court. He thinks that the jurors were compromised. First of all, we already know that this should have been a mistrial, right? Then they say that the superior judge, David Kent, was questioning the jurors before the conviction even came out. And they were already talking about what they were going to choose, if they were going to say guilty or not guilty. And this was before closing statements. Y'all shouldn't be having these conversations. State's representative Tasha Lee believed that Daquan's family got justice because of everyone who helped the investigation and everyone that testified. She said, quote, there was a lot of work put into this case to serve justice and justice was served. On August 29th, Kanisha had her sentencing hearing. Kwan's family, of course, wanted the maximum sentence, but because Kanisha only had one misdemeanor, the judge wouldn't allow her to get the maximum. Kanisha's attorney, Donald, asked for 55 years with five for the gun enhancement. You know how defeated I would feel if that's what my lawyer is asking me for? Please, just give her 55 years, a total of 60. Like, what? What is she, 20 years old? Now, her attitude was completely different at this sentencing hearing, your girl was big mad. She yelling at the lead prosecutor. She said, you dragged my name through the mud. Nobody seems to want to know how I feel. Loretta Billingsley, the mother of Daquan's now three-year-old son, who was, of course, also named Daquan, spoke directly to Kanisha, who was sitting at the court table. And she said, how can you sit there and look in my eyes when you know what you did? With her son right there on her hip, she says, this is the hardest thing I have ever had to deal with. Now, the only person that Kanisha issued an apology to in this courtroom was baby Daquan. Because that's wild, bro. Like, the baby Daquan was three. So that means when you killed big Daquan, 
baby Daquan was either in his mama's womb or freshly out. Mm-hmm. And this is your homeboy. Everybody describes y'all as inseparable. So you know his baby mama. You and probably ate be, his baby mama food plenty of times. Aunties. Now, Daquan's mom also spoke at the hearing and she said, quote, I have not slept in two and a half years. I don't have the answers because I don't have the answers for myself. I have to drive to the cemetery to talk to a plot of grass. I will never be the same. This has crumpled my whole foundation. And apparently, you know, like I said, Daquan and Kanisha, they grew up together. So Daquan mom knows Kanisha, as does Kanisha family know them. They came over to that house. She ate at her table. Are you going to take my baby away from me? Like, what am I supposed to say to that? After everybody speaks, the judge gives down his sentencing and gives Kanisha 70 years, 60 for the murder and 10 for the gun enhancement. As promised, Kanisha's team put in an appeal, and they said there are plenty of things to appeal about. First of all, They said that the decision to admit or exclude evidence is within the trial court's sound discretion. And they're saying that the trial court erred in ruling on several pieces of evidence at her trial. The first thing is the showing his heart. They showed a picture of his heart with the bullet wound. And that's excessive, right? And that happens in a lot of cases where... They say, you can tell us what happened, but when you show pictures, especially if they're extremely graphic, that is going to automatically sway a jury to feel some type of empathy towards the fact that they are looking at a real heart. Some people didn't take science class. They ain't seen no heart before. And then on top of that, they were saying that the testimony that came from Detective Garriott and Dr. Smock should have actually been struck because they said that they had the bullet wound and then they had both of them coming up, basically driving the or driving the knife in about how bad the wound was, when in reality we could have either just had the picture or just had the testimony. And honestly, probably the testimony and not the picture. And then they said that there were a lot of text messages that were excluded. Kanisha and Daquan had a little bit of a text message exchange. And that text message exchange would have been very sufficient to the defense's claim. Maybe they were arguing. Maybe Daquan said he was going to come over there and beat her ass. Who knows? Don't know. They were not. Ex- they were excluded in the trial court. And the defense says that's not fair. Again, then they were talking about Detective Garriott's statement about the looked stage. I think we mentioned this earlier. They were like, looked stage? You don't have any evidence saying that it was stage. You're just telling me that it looked stage. What does that even mean? Then they talked about Dr. Smock, the Emmy, and they said that it was honestly just unnecessarily cumulative. You're basically retelling everything. You're hashing it out again. You're driving the knife in for the jury. And that makes it very unfair for the defense who is standing with the facts that they have. And then, of course, they said that there should have been a mistrial altogether because we know that at least two of the jurors were talking about the self-defense claim, and we know that at least two of the jurors printed out what it was. Now, the other one said that they didn't do it, but they also knew it was happening. So if they knew that it was happening, they probably at least knew or overheard what they were talking about, thus making this an improper jury mistrial. You know some people loved or, like, really want jury duty? And I'd be pissed (laughs) if I get jury duty for a nice little murder trial, and I'm like, oh, yeah— I'm going to get to actually see what happens. And then another motherfucker messes it up. Pissed. 
I'm trying to see if he's guilty or innocent for real. They laid out everything about her appeal, and the court said, mm, there was no error. We're going to keep her in prison, and we're going to uphold her conviction. Now, I'm sure you're wondering where they are now. Right now, Kanisha is in Rockville Correctional Facility in the state of Indiana. She does have a change.org petition, and the change.org petition is basically saying that what she did was self-defense and that they need to overturn her ruling and she needs a new trial. And basically, she was trying to defend herself from being hurt or being killed herself. The petition claims that just a year and a half after graduating high school, she was faced with an attacker in her home. Quote, a home is considered a place of peace. It is a place where you should feel protected. On January 14th, 2020, Kanisha's life was threatened and that peace was taken. End quote. In April 2022, Daquan's mother, Tara, is now building a park and a basketball court in Daquan's memory. This park can be found at the corner of Queen and Manfred Street. So if you're in Indiana, send us a picture, let us know. She wants the park to be just another place where parents can come and remember their kids. She says, quote, homicide, accidental overdose, just a grieving parent, period. It really doesn't matter how they lost their kid, end quote. So basically, she's just trying to make a little peace out of a really crappy situation, peace for others. Now, when they asked her what are her plans are for the court, she says that she has plans to have plaques with kids of names, with, with kids who have been lost in the area and she also wants to host like a three-on-three basketball tournament in may of this year i wonder if it happened she wanted it to be in may of this year i wonder if it happened she wants to host a basketball tournament in may of this year 2023 in honor of daquan and this is hood tales all right y'all it's time for well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did, I'm putting the blame on Patanique. Because why are you sitting there making plays while your nigga bleeding out beside you? An hour and a half before you made it to the hospital? We got time yeah, for that's pit really stops. Crazy. I, I, honestly, I think that, like... In Patsy's defense, it was completely wrong and you shouldn't have done it. But I really think you young and you dumb and you had weed in the car and you thought, oh, shit, I don't want to get caught. But I want everybody to know that there is something called the Good Samaritan Law where if there is an emergency happening. You should call the police and you won't get in trouble if you are also doing something illegal. And I, I think they put that law in place because people were overdosing. And people wouldn't call for medical personnel when somebody was overdosing because they were also on drugs. And so that person that overdosed could have gotten help and they ended up passing away. And I really want to say that that will also be the case for this. If you tell him your dog is dying, take that nigga to the hospital. Even if you didn't want to take it to the hospital, just call 911 right there. And throw that bag of weed to the fucking woods. Like, what? Throw to the wood. Like, you could have left it there in the parking lot. You could have put that shit in your goddamn gas tank. Like, something. Like, not in the tank, but behind the cap. Like, you could have just so known exactly which sewer hole you put it in. I know niggas they used to hide it in the sewer hole, but you know which one you put it in. You know where your weed at. You wasted all that time. 
I ain't do it, but if I did, you know, I don't think I would have shot. Let's say that Daquan was in there. Let's say Daquan sent some text messages saying, I'm about to come beat your ass over these $80. Let's say Daquan pulled up over there and they got to arguing. Let's say da Daquan went in there and punched her dead in her shit, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be like most people. You've touched me. You're going to jail. And all you really need to do on people, you should not draw your weapon unless you're ready to use it. But a lot of times drawing your weapon is all you really need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying go out and draw your weapon willy-nilly. But sometimes drawing your weapon is all you really need to do to get somebody to back up and go on about your business. I ain't do it, but if I did, if we are staging crime scenes, I don't know, that seems a little risque. Because at the end of the day, when somebody comes to look at that, they know what's realistic and what isn't. And it dropping at a close-range 90-degree angle is not realistic. So what do you think? You think she poked herself and made added blood drops everywhere? Or, I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe she even wringed it out of his shirt or something. Like, I, I don't know what happened, but it's very weird to say. I, I think if they say that that blood spatter was staged, then it was probably staged. And they probably just say probably because they cannot prove it. But they know that these are not natural blood spatters. Yeah, because the fact that they were all uniform yeah. is a problem. Because you, if you get shot, baby, you get it's splattering or spattering. It's getting everywhere. And it's not all coming out in uniform mm -hmm. droplets. I didn't do it, but if I did, <sighs> you know, I would have pushed for that mistrial. And they did push. They just did not get it. The defense didn't bring up anybody, even during sentencing, they didn't bring anybody to be like a personality witness for Kanisha. Nobody knew who she was as a person, if she was a good person, if she was a bad person. Maybe she, maybe they didn't have one, so they didn't want to bring nobody up. I ain't do it, but if I did, you just, if you have no intention of paying people back, don't borrow no money from them. And if you give a timeline that you're going to, you should probably try to honor it. Or if you're the one in debt, you really don't have much to say. You shouldn't have much to say at all. It, but even still, you could take that not, not much to say and that still be the wrong move. Because it's also irritating when people owe you money. And not only are they not paying you back, but they never talk about it. It's like, bro, did you forget? Let's not act like it's ain't never happened. There was this girl that <laughs> one of my uh, one of my ex's best friends, she would give her homegirl money. And her best friend, she was like, I don't understand why I keep giving this girl money. And then on Snapchat, or I see that she at the club, or I see that she just got her eyebrows done, but she keep asking me for money. And I'm like, like it's a difference between like I know that you're gonna pay me back, I know that you got money coming on the way. And we have an understanding in between us. But if you know that this person not going to have the money, don't let them borrow no money. Not if you want it back. And if you know that you're not going to have it, how dare how dare you be mad at somebody else for wanting their money back? How dare you? How you mad at me because I want my money? You embarrassed? This was just so stupid to kill this dude yeah. over. I think that's all I got over here. Yep. I think that's all I got, too. All right, let's, that was easy. Parole or no parole? Mm. Mm. I let it get parole. 
It'll be a while, but I'll let her get parole. I probably would have sentenced her to 25 years, and then the gun enhancement would have put her at 35 years. I do agree with her when she felt like her name was drugged through the mud and she didn't really get to have her peace because, baby, I can't find nothing on you. But also, she they read a statement versus her actually taking the stand that probably was a mm-hmm. smart move. I heard that her attitude wasn't great, so they probably were like, okay, for your third trial the, and the one that people will be able to find information on because it's your last one, I'm going to need you to just sit there and look sad. <laughs> as sad as can be. A little sorry would help. Would be wonderful. Okay, let's read some reviews and let's get out of here and let's call it a day. Let's do that. All right, this this review came from the DMs, and I will let you know that it is very rare that we're going to read the reviews from our DMs on the show because I screenshot them and they'll get lost in my phone. But I decided to go to the DMs today. This is from Stacy. Stacy said, "I honestly waited and thought about what to say regarding my review. To be honest." Not too many adjectives come to mind. Well, not any that is worthy to be associated with this masterpiece. This show is the greatest. This show has me feeling feeling at home listening to some down-home Southern tea. Thank you for providing the warmth. Here in the Midwest, you don't get that as often as one would like. So thank you, and please carry on. Thank you. Thank you. I was I was wondering where the story was going to go. I can't find the adjectives, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Are they going to be good adjectives or bad adjectives? This review is titled, Waiting on Merch. (laughs) Sisters Who Kill is the most authentic true crime podcast I've come across. The hosts are genuine, relatable, and down-to-earth, which makes it my Friday morning ride-to-work show. I don't answer the phone for nobody. I love the way you just snuck that Waiting the Merch right there in the title. Not going to hound me about it, but she's going to inform me. That you are, in fact, ready with your dollars. Yeah, I hope that uh, when it drops, everybody puts their money where their mouth is since they got so, so much, much to, to say. say. We'll see, won't we, Tassie? Oh, I'm going to start my own merch. <laughs> Slow down. And you will get sued. <laughs> Listen, when it comes... You will be sued. You better just yeah, wait like everybody when else. When it comes, when the time is right, the time will be right. If you would like, why don't you go ahead and re- leave us a review? Make sure that it's nice. Make sure that you choose your adjectives <laughs> wisely. And you can leave us a review anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. Do it. Leave us a review. If you have something bad to say, email me. You can do that too, Sisters Who Kill Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Sisters Who Kill, on TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast, on Instagram, Sisters Who Kill Pod. You can uh, like our public Facebook page, Sisters Who Kill Podcast, and there is a private discussion group on Facebook that is free and open to join. Just, you know, make sure you zip up your tough skin because everybody don't know how to act in there. And that's a fact, Jack. I don't want to elaborate on that any further. (laughs) All right, y'all. You got anything else? Talk to us. We talk back. Bye.